The Mojo Radio Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Mojo Radio Show. Welcome to another in between episode. It's in between Christmas and New Year. We thought we'd put together a few little shows that highlight the stuff that Robbo and I have taken on board. It's been a big year. We've had some fantastic guests on. We've done some really fun segments. But in between all that stuff, we have found some takeaways to put into our worlds, in or out of work, that has had a profound impact. So we've gone back, we've found those bits, chopped them up, put them into a little show in between Christmas and New Year. As we leave 2015, hit 2016, Robbo is currently on vacation on the beach mm. in Fiji. A bula bula bula, my friend. A bula bula. How's <laughs> that carpet treating you, mate? Oh, it's going really well. You can't, even, you can't even remember yesterday's show, can you? No, no. The only thing I'm not having trouble finding at the moment is the swim up bar. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some things you can't unsee. Anyway. No. <laughs> so um, let's hop into it. Uh, mm. I'm going to lead this show off. Okay. I met a couple uh, who fascinated me, and they were the founders of a business called Bondi Chai. Bondi Chai was described, what was it, Robo? Bondi Chai was described as? Uh, I think they described it as a, a hot drinking donut. Like a liquid donut. A liquid donut. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny how good your memory is for when it comes to food and donuts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that part of the show, right? No, I, I am I highlighted on that. Um, <laughs> but it is a, it's a beautiful drink. And mm. only 10 years ago, they sat down to work out as a couple what they wanted for their life. To put it into context, folks, 10 years ago, the business didn't exist. Today, every two seconds somebody drinks a Bondi chai somewhere in the world. I asked them, how did they go about designing their perfect world? We only ever got paid when we were working, you know, hours for dollars sort of stuff. So we were fully involved in, in, I mean, we were getting paid well, but if we didn't work, we didn't get paid at all. And so um, we wanted to spend time together. That was our, our great hope and working together was fine as a consultancy, but we wanted to be making money if we were on holiday, if we were asleep. And to do that, we knew we had to look at a product, a product-based business, not one that revolved around us. Um, and at the time, we didn't know that product was going to be a chai latte powder, but I guess knowing in the back of our mind that we needed that when we discovered chai, we thought, well, you know, we loved it. It wasn't in Australia you know, it was bound to be loved by Australians if the Americans were drinking it. And so we, the whole thing was about building a business that was outsourced. So we weren't, you know, we didn't need a factory with staff and all that. We could just send an email or ring up and organise stuff from anywhere in the world. We could travel the world with it and the, the tax man would help us because we'd be building a business and you know, we'd be making money while we slept. So that was our core of what we wanted to do when we built a business. And I think too, uh, Gary, we, that, that yellow legal pad you talk about, which we still have the, the paper off, um, when we, before we knew about chai, as Melissa made the comment there, we, we knew we were, we were in, we have an expression that says good is the enemy of great. And we were in a good lifestyle. We were, in, we were being paid well for what we did and we enjoyed what we were doing. We had great clients. They were wonderful people and they, they had a great product that we were you know, privileged to help and promote. So we had a good life, but we knew we wanted a great life. And the elements of a great life were what were, what were written on that yellow pad. So, for example, we 
we needed to be able to spend time together. As Melissa said, we've now joined at the hip. We've always wanted to be that way. Uh, we wanted to be able to generate income, not just from our own skills, but from the skills of others. We, we understood that you had to generate income by servicing or offering uh, or solving a problem for people. And we've always believed in the expression that it's better to have a business with 100 customers paying you one cent than it is to have a, a business with one customer paying you a dollar. So we, this, this product just fell right into this mold that we created, basically. We, so we had the, the mold in our heads, and chai, we ticked off all these boxes. As we started to tick these boxes off, it started to become apparent to us that we could get excited about it. I'm getting excited. My arms on my hair, the hair on my arms are starting to stand up just talking about this again because I can remember going through this checklist of being able to live where we wanted to live, being able to do what we wanted to do, um, being able to have the money to be able to travel when we wanted to travel, travel with, with business in mind because that then gives you an extra purpose rather than just lolling around with a camera. I hate those sort of touristy type travellers, tongue hanging out and taking pictures of everything. We, we travel with a purpose now. Um, we travel with um, at a level that we couldn't have afford to have travelled before. We live in paradise. I mean, we chose Port Stephens, which is where we live in north of Newcastle. We, we got in a car and we drove from Newcastle to Noosa, basically and stopped at every spot along the way looking for the type of place we'd like to live. And we chose Port Stephens. Uh, it is literally, as I said, paradise. It's like, it's like Sydney without... It's like Sydney Harbour without Sydney on it in, in, up here. Um, we now... Uh, we live within, you know, 20, 30 minutes from an airport, so we can jump on a plane and get to anywhere in the world in a matter of time. In fact, we're off to Japan on Saturday to go out and do some work up there. Um, yeah, all those sorts of things. The things that make up a great lifestyle, we had them down on that piece of paper, and then when we got the chai thing came along, we used it as the measuring stick. So if we're going to leave PR, it's going to be, have to be a better business. It's going to have to be a better way of making a living. It's going to have to provide us with a better lifestyle. And as I said, chai, when we started to tick it off in the business model we built around it, was, was the answer and has been the answer. I'm glad to say 10 years on, if anything, it's been better than we could have imagined. You know, Robert, I've had so much feedback from that episode, and that episode number was 56. That show, for anybody who is planning a startup in the middle of business, wants to work with a partner, thinking about the next thing, dreaming a dream, how do you put it together, all those things, it really was a cracking show. And the number of people who've said how beneficial it was to talk about the yellow legal pad it's, um, it's a good show. And the other thing I loved about it, mm. they didn't set out to have a good world or a good job or a good business. He said that wasn't good enough. We wanted a great business, a great yep. life, and we set yep. out to design it, and they're doing it. It's just it was a good show. Yeah, it was a very good show. And, and I think the other thing that, that they talked about in there and that we've talked about off air is how they didn't plan their life around their business they actually planned their business around the lifestyle that they wanted. Yeah, it was a um, design the whole life and it was all done on a yellow legal pad and they mm. still to this day go back to it after 10 years, which I think yeah. is, um, there's a lot of profound lessons in that show. So that was episode 56. Mm -hmm. uh, where are you taking us now? Uh, I'm not sure of the episode number, but I'm taking us back to uh, Andrew Griffiths. Uh, episode 42, Big Andy Griffiths. Big but Andy Griffiths, what a voice. Fella. Yeah, the what a voice. Fella. He was Mate. great. 
if you if you're not an Aussie, have a just go back and have a listen. If you want to hear a true Aussie accent, go back and have a listen to that episode because he's uh, awesome. He was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the thing I took out uh, and the thing that's resonated with me is probably still related to what we talked about yesterday with Sylvia again on um, on personal relationships is um, is questions at functions and a bit like you, I'm not great at functions. I'm not great at meeting new people. But Andrew gave us an insight into the way he prepares to go to a, a business function. Just have a listen to this. When you are working the room, Andrew, I'm curious if you walk up to somebody that you want to talk to. Sure. What's the first question that you bring to the conversation? Uh, I normally like to ask, and you're right, obviously, you know, Gary, what you're saying there, what's the first question you ask? And that's probably the biggest thing, isn't it, is like to to, to go forearmed with some questions. Mm. I think there's nothing worse than doing that introduction and then there's that awkward well, we've got nothing to say. So I can I ask them questions about their business. And for me, you know, I've done my homework. I know who I want to meet. So let's say that I know a bit about them. I'll ask them to tell me a bit about what their business is. I will tell them, ask them, could you tell me what's, what's the biggest problem that you're having in your business at the moment? Or I'll ask them, what do you love the most about your business? You know, and, and that might sound like a bit of a corny question, but that's, a, that's a, the last one is the one that actually gets people excited. Or what are you working on now? What's your, what's your most exciting project that you're working on at the moment? moment and they're the ones that kind of elicit the more emotive responses not just a oh well we're a you know industrial production company and we have certainly three I don't want that answer I want to try and get to know the person a little bit more so I normally have three or four kind of questions but I'll go a little bit further you know if I'm trying to target that one individual and I know what their company is. I'll also do a bit of research online before I go, and I'll find out what's happening in their industry. So I want to meet um, the head of St. George Bank. And I go, right, okay, so he's going to be at this event or she's going to be at this event. So, right, I'm going to find out what's happening in the banking sphere. That day, I'll do a little bit of research and see what's relevant, and that will help me to develop two or three questions. Um, Another thing when I'm traveling and I'm doing this, so I'm, let's say I'm, I'm going to Bathurst to, do, to present at a conference, or a networking event of some sort. Um, before I go, I'll spend a little bit of time researching what's happening in Bathurst. First thing I'll do when I get to Bathurst is I'll buy the local newspaper and I'll kind of have some read through that, get a few snippets out of that, and that will give me a few questions to ask people as well. So I can say, oh, Gary, I read in the paper today that the local council wants to stop all cafes from having chairs out in the main street. It's going to change the feel of the city. What are your thoughts on that? And, uh, and I find that kind of... Uh, that kind of stuff gets really good conversations flowing as well and takes away all those awkward moments. So the biggest one for me, Gaz, is um, is where he was just talking then about uh, uh, if he goes to Bathurst, he grabs the local newspaper and, and just finds a few, you know, things to talk about, like the cafes not having chairs on the streets or whatever. Just being that little bit prepared, knowing what you're going to say and who you're going to say it to and who you want to say it to, um, can make such a big difference with, with social functions like that, can't it? Well, I think it's social functions. I think it's meetings. I think it's conferences. And I say to people, if you're going to give somebody 45 minutes or an hour of your time to sit there at a meeting or a conference or see a keynote speaker or watch something, mm. you better get value out of it because that's an hour you're never going to see again. Mm. And the thing I love about Andy Griffith's stuff is he's saying, well, if you're going into a network function, prepare for it. What do you, what's the expectation you have for that meeting? Mm. What homework should I do on my part to make sure that that rocks? And I, I'm fascinated where people will go to see a keynote speaker or walk into a meeting or go to a workshop and they will give the speaker, him or her, 60 minutes of their time or half a day of their time. And when the speaker says, are there any questions, you hear crickets. Yeah. 
for me, everyone's got the questions. It's going to have the courage to speak up and ask that question. And what Andy mm. Griffiths is saying is, if you go to an expo or a show or a meeting or a workshop, walk in there with expectations. Walk in with what you want from that session because you deserve to get what you need out of it. Mm. If you're going to give someone that time of your life, which you'll never see again. Mm. And it comes back to all the things we've talked about through the year, the curiosity, the standards you set, but you've got to walk in an expectation, almost like a detective. I'm going to find value. I'm going to find gold in them, their hills, somewhere in this. What have I got to do? And it's it's people talk about networking. This guy is good at it, but he has got good tools, sets a standard, does the work, and he wants to get value out of it. So it's for, for any business person, particularly those who want to make value out of networking, social media, go back to episode 42, Andrew Griffiths. Good show. He was great. He was really good. So let's leave with the lesson of rock, the yep. in-between Christmas and New Year. What's this one? Oh, mate, I've had such a good day on the beach today. I think we've got to go back and have a chat about Angus Young from ACDC, don't we? Got to cool. rock. Thank you for this chance to kick ass. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! The Mojo Radio Show's Lessons in Rock. I, I couldn't help myself after seeing Akadaka on Saturday night. It had to be based <laughs> around the boys. We all know uh, we know Angus is famous for his guitar solos. Uh, and there's a classic line in rock and roll, about rock and roll called a call out and response, which is where, you know, the singer might go, hey, and the crowd goes, hey. Well, here's an example of Angus Young's call and response. So um, I actually came across yeah. a little interview with Angus where he described where he came up with that idea from. Just have a listen, quick listen to yeah, this. Right. When I would watch somebody like Chuck Berry or something, you know, he would always, uh, he always had little raps that he had going with an audience, you know, he'd go, hello, and the audience would go, hello, you know, and he'd go, hello, and they go, hello, you know, and so I would try and do, I thought, well, Chuck can do it, maybe I can do it with the guitar, so i go, you know, and if the audience went, hey, you go, you know, and you sort of, build it up so you get like so all hail the great man <laughs> firstly can I just say and secondly my lesson in rock my first quick lesson in rock is that take inspiration from others take what you watch other people do well make it your own and learn from 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 what they've done is is lesson number one I reckon oh mate I, look it's such a good lesson uh, Robbo, if you guys like Ty Lopez and these guys who are, you know, coaches around the world and are coaching millionaires and multimillionaires, mm. whenever you hear them talk in the first lesson of success for anybody in any field is find a great mentor who's been there and done that mm. and you and, and emulate them. Take mm. what they've done and mm. take their lessons. The problem is we compare ourselves to them. Mm. And we try and copy them. But what we need to do is just look at them, like you say, and take away the great bits and then say, how does it apply to my world? Mm. And don't put ceilings over yourself. Well, it's all right for Angus. I'm different. Well, that's the problem is you've got, I mean, we've got hundreds and hundreds of years of the greatest in books and podcasts and stuff. Mm. So, I mean, what he did with Chuck Berry is just a great example of seeking out greatness learn the lessons from them, and then repeating it in your own world, in your own way. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, 
see GaryBirdWhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out VoodooSound.com.au and for the right voice, RealTimeCasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time. <laughs>